You are muted. Oh. No. Now you're not. Hello. 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 How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. How are you today? I'm well, thank you. You are, um, you, you, you made it home. You were, you, you had to make a, a, a trip. I, I had to make a little road trip this morning. Yeah. Across the state. Um, for a short distance, um, you know, New Jersey, Ben, New Jersey is an interesting state. Um, it's pretty good. If you want to get somewhere between New York city and Philadelphia, New Jersey is the state for you. I mean, it is, it is a, it is a perfect state for, uh, like Benjamin Franklin said, a valley of humility (laughs) between two (laughs) mountains of conceit. Which I love that quote. Um, yeah, that's us here in New Jersey. We are a valley of humility. Um, but uh, yeah, so I I had to go. I had to go uh, west, uh, which is not a direction. Go. Which is not a. It's it's a direction you can go in New Jersey. Go west. Go west, young young dog. Young, um, young man. Young man. Yeah. <laughs> um, young young you dog. Can go, you yeah. can go west in New Jersey, but uh, I I felt like the whole time um, I was driving through parking lots. <laughs> oh, well, that's an odd, um, an odd pathway to go west. Yes, uh, we, yes. In, in our it's, state, but... <laughs> um, we we have we have roads um, that uh-huh. will that will go take uh-huh. us west. Not a Weird. series of parking Weird. lots. Weird. Well, you know, this was this was it wasn't really so much parking lots as it was a series of industrial parks. Oh, um, where I felt like I was if with one turn, I would turn into a warehouse, you know? Um, yeah, it's, it's weird. So I had to, to just to live, to clue the listeners in. So my, my lovely dog, um, is very energetic and, uh, he's had a hurt knee for a while Aww. and it doesn't work right. It's one of the back knees on a dog, which bends the other way. Um, they need uh, those because they, they need those. Um, and he's been hobbling, he's been limping, he's been a limpy boy. Um, for quite some time, um, and it was arthritis, but then I think because of the arthritis, he first, he was limping on one side because of the arthritis and then he was feeling better and he, then he, then he blew out the other knee. And so we're, we're trying, we're going to try, um, with a 90% success rate, um, that, to repair that knee. Oh. So, um, but I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking it's not the, the 10% is not really on the surgeon mm-hmm. or the dog. It's kind of going to be on me because I think, Uh-oh. uh, he, well, cause no, cause here's the thing, Ben, when you have surgery on the knee or you have, well, I mean, I've had, I had surgery on my wrist. I had surgery on my shoulder it's mostly about physical therapy, right? To get, to get that full range of motion back and to make sure that you don't screw anything up. And, uh, you know, I, I can't blame the dog. If he, if he messes his knee up again, I can't really blame right. the surgeon. If she does a good job with her surgery, it's kind of me, the owner that needs to manage this pain in the ass dog. So <laughs> how, yeah. now, how, how, what, yeah. what are your plans on, on that? I, well, I I'm, yeah. Uh, my, my plans are to take careful notes uh, every time the vet <laughs> talks and to try to follow those notes. And so my understanding is it's uh, it's two weeks where all he's allowed to do is go out and pee. I did check. Um, I did check. Um, and uh, he can go downstairs. Um, I, a- I asked the vet. I said, um, can he go down the stairs? And she says, yes. And then she says this, Ben, 
I used to be a vet in Boston. Um, and so I couldn't tell people not to go down the stairs. And I thought to myself, it's <clears throat> interesting. And number two, um, that's that's not really that's, relevant. Right. <laughs> either, either the dog should be going down the stairs or he shouldn't. It shouldn't matter whether he's in Boston or not. Yeah. But so, but I mean, like, I, I kind of got the point she was making, but I didn't. It wasn't it, like that. I That's a. That's not a that's not a valid point to a scientist, Ben. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> might this is, might be a valid point to a normal person, but not it, to me. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's a really odd thing to to say. And and uh, so I guess if 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 you're going to Boston with the dog, it'll be the stairs will be okay. But uh, but in New Jersey, no, no. Maybe, I think it was I think it was because she used to be a vet in Boston. Yes, um, that it's going to be okay no matter where she's a vet. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, right? Yes, you see, because yeah. because she did this in Boston, therefore uh, it has to be okay. So it has to be okay know. here. Okay, all right. Well, all right. Well, good. Best best of luck. Well, so to... yeah, but you know, yeah, yeah gi giant shout out to uh, Red Bank Vet Hospital in Hillsborough. Now, again, I don't, I know, I'm not going to going to challenge you on your knowledge of geography. Um, yes, yes. Hillsborough is not anywhere near Red Bank. <laughs> that okay. that did yes but, yes but the red bank veterinary hospitals uh with an s trademark uh hospitals trademark um is is a is a, a bunch of hospitals um including one in hillsborough which is uh used to be used to the closest one to me probably used to be red bank but uh i i've decided to patronize the hillsborough one which is uh right next to a grocery store um and not far from a Starbucks. Um, so you know, I I uh, I enjoyed a Starbucks uh, from the Starbucks um, by the vet hospital that's next to a grocery store. It looks like kind of the vet hospital kind of looks like it used to be a grocery store. <laughs> we, well, okay, all right. I'm just I'm just yeah. saying. What could you tell? Could you get get a feeling of what kind of a grocery store it was? Like not uh, a good one because not a good one. <laughs> or while seeing Dawn, this is you know I'm a I'm a positive vibes only guy, and uh, <laughs> and you, the you, your glass half full or glass half empty. I'm gonna say maybe uh -huh. it was so successful it outgrew that space, and it could is be. now moved. <laughs> they needed sure, more. Could be. Could be. Sure, could be. <laughs> <laughs> um, I so uh, speaking of. Uh, <laughs> This is a fantastic segue. Speaking of vet hospitals, yes. Well, no. Uh, speaking of uh, buildings that used to be something that that might end up being a grocery store, which is kind of the reverse of what you were speaking about. Mm -hmm. um, there, there is a rumor. There's scut scuttlebutt in my neighborhood that a former space that well a gym, uh, sorry, a space that was formerly a gym, like a like a place you'd go work out at, uh, it will be. Um, turning into a Trader Joe's, which is like in in North Raleigh, where where there's a lot of listeners to the Trader Joe podcast. Uh -huh, uh, uh -huh. This, is a, this is a big deal like this. The, mm -hmm. I, I, so so much of a big deal, Don. I've had numerous people over the last month ask me if I had heard <laughs> what oh. that this was happening right from, you know, from next door or something like there's nothing official. You can't find anything on a website. Um, also, because people know that I am a let's just say retail store adjacent in in my job, um, I've had not as many people tell me like ask if I had heard, but a, a number of people, and I'm gonna say four, say, can you to me? Can I find out for sure whether a Trader Joe's is coming to this 
to this location, like magically through my, my Trader Joe's network at IAFP or something. Like, can I, mm. can I confirm this? Which I have not, I do not have a magical Trader Joe's network um, through IAFP or, or any other means. And I do not have a way to, to confirm, but it is it, like people, you know, people like a Trader Joe's and they get, they, they're getting real excited about this. Um, mm. And th there'll be a, a level of disappointment if it doesn't happen. Now, do you have, do you have Trader Joe's on the, on the East coast in the Western, we, if, you, if you go West in your state, <laughs> we, well, do, do we, we were, we were very excited because right before we moved from Freehold, which is the town where we used to live, um, there was a Trader Joe's uh, that was, that was put in very near us. But um I, un unlike you, Ben, I am not uh, the shopper of the family. And un right, unlike right. you, um, I don't think my wife particularly likes to shop. Um, and, and so she does not like to go to multiple grocery stores. And I think she tried going to the Trader Joe's and we're, uh, we're kind of a Wegmans family, you know, I mean, yeah. although now we live in, as I've described it, a Wegmans dead zone, uh, because there's equidistant, um, Wegmans, uh, all about 25 miles away or 25 minutes away from us um because it's better to measure in minutes in new jersey rather than miles yeah, um yep, yep. yeah so we're and so we're kind of we're 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 yeah so we end i think she ends up going to the show actually she ends up going to the um the not very good back me the not very good acme uh near us because it's near us um and it's fine and then if she needs something else she goes to the shop right which is uh, not too far from us and then sometimes for a treat she'll go to the one of the wegmans <laughs> <laughs> one of the well, yeah well that's uh, that see and, and I, I might have described this um to you but i feel like we're in the um the food retailer battle zone uh -huh. because so so i live i live in a city and and so there's there's lots of things close by um because of the the urbanness um of it but but we have um like within within 10 minutes i can get to um I feel like this is we we just did this bit a, a few episodes ago, but I feel like I've just gotten into <laughs> um, like peanut macadamia nut. Uh, so, but uh, but I can I I can um, walk to two Harris Teeters um, uh, w within let's say fifteen minutes of walking to to both Harris Teeters. Uh, mm -hmm. And then going outside my cir that circle of walking, I can drive within 10 minutes to a Publix, two, three Food Lions, um, a Wegmans, Trader Joe's is about 15 minutes away, maybe 20 minutes mm -hmm. away, uh, a Walmart, a Target, um, a Sprouts, a uh, Fresh Market, um and uh lowe's foods these are all like in in, in so so like Publix is moving north wegmans is moving south they they have met here in north carolina which is great as a shopper um but there's like there's a lot of so and i like you and we have talked about this i like stuff from all of them so it is my my very close walkable Harris Teeter is for those like, okay, I'm going to go do this real, real quick, but, but I will shop in any given month at probably 80% of the stores that I just mentioned. Um, so and you and can, you can name all kinds of groceries. I can name all kinds of grocery stores. I can, yeah. <laughs> My mom would say that you got to stop naming grocery stores. <laughs> um, but so so we're I mean we're close and I like and I like grocery I, I do like grocery store shopping like it, yeah. it's my it's my yeah. it's my it's thing. jam 
my yeah. jam. I like, and it's where I get my jam um, as well. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. Wow. that's a show. All right. That's good. a show. Well, Here minutes go. bright and tight. We're yep. out. We're, uh, <laughs> you've been listening to another episode of Food Safety Talk. Uh, <laughs> if you have questions for us. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, um, oh, I, so I, I just want to quickly circle back um, to uh, Benjamin Franklin's famous quotes, um, uh, which does not list um, the quote that I mentioned. Um, and apparently it's also been attributed to Mary Oates Spratt Van Lang Landingham, uh, where she was talking about North Carolina. <clears throat> Oh, um, apparently uh, referencing South Carolina and Virginia. But oh. um, and uh, we will also link to a great uh, Web page uh, from the UNC University Libraries, uh, Valleys of Whatever, Mountains of Whatever, uh, <laughs> which is an article by Lou Powell from 2010, uh, where he says, uh, then there's this. According to The New York Times, Benjamin Franklin is supposed to have described New Jersey as a valley of humility between two peaks of conceit, New York City and Philadelphia. I see the hand of a skeptical copy editor in that quote is supposed to have. But if the attribution is correct, then Franklin beat Mary Oates Van Landingham uh, of Charlotte by a century or so. So it's not really clear who actually said what about what. Um, but yeah, valleys of whatever, uh, mountains of whatever. <laughs> so just to close the loop on that one. Uh, that is that's great. That that's exciting. Um, and I like that it was about uh, my 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 home state. Yeah, your home state. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, I, I, just a few updates. Um, last time we talked, uh, I was uh, about to leave the International Association for Food Protection annual meeting in Toronto, fly home to North Carolina, and then uh, get in, in my car and drive north oh, to West Virginia. Oh, oh, okay, yep. so and just, just to be clear, just yes. to be clear, that's the last time that we talked, um, but you're going to publish these in order, and yeah. have any of those episodes been published? Well, no, well, yes, by the time this, this episode gets oh, published. Oh, by the time this one comes out. Okay, yeah, right. of course oh, it will. good. Yeah. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> because it would be madness. It would be madness. To publish them out of order. Yeah, no, 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 don't worry. They'll be, they'll be published in order. Um, okay. But uh, I want to, and, and you know this because we did record a few episodes of Risky or Not, so we have, we have actually talked yes. about it. But, yes. but for the listeners who are wor worried about my well-being. Um, <laughs> oh, you made it back. You didn't made it back. drowned in, uh, even though, yeah. even though uh, your watch did report to me several times that you were swimming. <laughs> right, right. Uh, that was on purpose. That was on purpose. And I was, and it reported at one point that I, I went for a three mile swim, <laughs> uh, in, in about, I think it was like a 13 minute time. So that would, would have been swimming really fast, really fast. Like it must've been a really fast river that I was swimming in. Um, no, no, I was, uh, I was swimming on purpose, uh, in a lake. Um, and, uh, and then I was, uh, um, doing, doing the rafting, uh, uh, and, and I did not fall out of the raft and I, I, I'm so, I want to give a shout out, um, to, to someone who certainly does not listen to the podcast, doesn't know that I have a podcast, uh, at all. Uh, but there, uh, we, we, a friend of mine, um, knows someone who is a river rafting guide, but that's not mm. his full-time job. Mm -hmm. And he is the one who took us out. Um, and his name is Ryan and he was, I, I, like Don, I'm, I don't know if you know this about me, um, based on the data from risky or not, but I'm a bit risk averse. 
Um, well, and you and you've shared you're not really a fan of swimming, or, right? Uh, yep. it, so it does. You're you're fine to 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 go careening down the side of a mountain on a. <clears throat> A, a thing that barely balances on two wheels um, that you're totally fine with that, but uh, right. raft in white water uh, or even uh, slightly um, white water. Um, you're not, you're not really, that, that's not your jam. It's not. And <laughs> I, say. yeah, it's not my jam. It's not where I get my jam. It's not my jam. Um, uh, it's uh, I, 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 and I, I think about the, I thought about this since you and I talked about it and I don't think I said it in the episode, <laughs> but, it, but mm. I think it's because of its control. Like I feel like on a mountain mm. bike, I <clears throat> can control where I'm going. Mm. Like I have mm. brakes, I can do things. I can do the, the features as they're known um, it, or not. I can choose to go around them. I can do them at the speed that I want to where in a raft, I have, oh, I, have I have no control. I have no control at all. Um, yeah. I, and, I would, I would slightly edit that just to say you have no control in a raft and you have the illusion of control when you're on a mountain. Yes. Bike. But, yes. but sometimes, but sometimes that's all you need to feel relaxed is the illusion of control. Right. And, and I have a comfort level <clears throat> with my ability. So we, right. Um, right. last year, actually at, at, at IAFP, and I don't know if we talked about this, but a friend of ours, friend of the show, uh, Eric Moore, uh, works for a company called Testo and they make, uh, they, they make uh, thermometers and other sensors and stuff. Um, he is, he, he and I uh, have become friends over the last six or seven years on, on a couple of projects. And uh, he is also an avid mountain biker. Um, mm. he, when we were in Pittsburgh at IAFP last year, um, we made a plan to go mountain biking because he was driving from Philly where he lives. And um, my, I, I, I don't know, like, I guess the reason why I did why I drove was because we could go mountain biking and, and Pittsburgh's within reach for me. Like it's not it's not too far of a drive. Um, and so we we spent a morning mountain biking in Pittsburgh. And I'll tell you, he is much, much better than I am hmm. um, there. Like on especially on, you know, thing he just has he, he's a he's got better skills uh, than I do. And so we we had a we had a great day riding together. But the thing I like about mountain biking is that we could ride the same trail and get different things out of it and have like a lot of fun. Like there are things that I'll just get off my bike and not do. Um, mm. And and that was, in, in fact, one of the things that Eric told me when I was getting really heavily into mountain biking a few years ago that he told me, he was like, don't like, don't get in these trail systems and feel like you need to do them. Like if you're not comfortable, just get off your bike, like just wa walk it. Like it's, mm. it's not, it's not worth like, you know, shattering your leg or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so that was, that, that's like sage advice that I, I think about quite a bit. And so, um, so, but that, to me, that that's how I approach it. Like I'm, if I, there are lots of things that I think like that I, so I, I, I think, yes, there's an illusion of control, but I actually think that there is, there's a, a lot of control because I can choose not to do it mm -hmm. sometimes. Yes. Yes. Whereas that's really hard to do on if you're rafting yeah yeah like it's, really it, you could get out of the raft but that's probably that's, that's probably worse putting you in worse danger yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so so, so i have a very funny eric moore story from iafp well i think it's very funny um and and i i totally believe that he is a crazy mountain biker dude because he's he's uh yeah he, he's an interesting person and he is he is uh yeah he is very you know when you're around eric and i i um I, I was saw him at IFP and I was looking for a quiet place to sit. And I thought, ah, oh, you know, I, 
I probably shouldn't sit next to Eric because he's a talker, you know, <laughs> he's a talker, Jerry. He's a talker. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and I came, I sat down and I like, you know, just started nodded my head and, and he nodded his head and he didn't say anything. And he sat there for 10 or 15 minutes. And then I finally realized that he was on a conference call so he, <laughs> and he was paying attention to the conference call. Um, and then finally he did say something and it was all about like, oh, well, you know, you have to something, something risk. And he's like, oh, and I'm like, oh man, like he's like, really, he understands this stuff. I was, so I was very, yeah. I was very impressed. I was very impressed uh, with his ability to focus on the call he was on. And then when he did speak, it was uh he he said some very smart things so uh, yeah so i did and it was it was it was good to see i good to see him at, at iafp so that's i but i did not re remember or slash know that uh, he is also an avid uh, mountain biker but does, yeah. not, does not surprise me that he's a avid and very good mountain biker just based on having met him he seems yeah, like the he, kind of guy that would be into that absolutely he's a good he's a good dude lots lot of, i've uh, had you know i've spent a lot of time with him and uh yeah we it's it's he's fun fun to hang around and and a good good mountain biker and his what um one of his kids plays lacrosse and his lacrosse goalie mm. so we we have that in common as well mm -hmm. so it's yeah um so um the oh so i didn't fall out of the raft oh so anyway it was where i was going was i want like shout out to the to this you know friend of mine or friend of mine's friend who guided us down the river ryan because he coached me and he's like look look man like i'm gonna he, he's he'd been doing this on the same river for like 18 mm -hmm. years um and, he, and it was really cool to like you know sometimes when you're in a, a tour group or on a on a um like you know i've only done this twice but when you're on a raft you're not really sure if the person that you're talking to is giving you all the info right like like he kind of let his guard down he's like yeah there's sometimes i get in a raft and i do all like all the work no one's doing anything there are other times where people are rafting and helping us um and any so anyway we were as i got into it the first couple of rapids he was like look man you you gotta like take this kind of like athletic like you can't just you can't sit here and every time you end up like in a in, in a, a rapid that you're gonna like kind of brace yourself for it. he said that you will lose your balance and you'll that's hmm. how people fall out so so hmm. he kind of really pushed me and taught me like <clears throat> paddling is not to make the raft go like i mean it is and and you might move a, a little bit but he's like really what you're doing is just bracing yourself and getting your balance right so you can roll with whatever's happened with the rapids and hmm. once he told me that i i was way more confident and didn't feel like like i was gonna fall out at all because la last hmm. time i did this there were a few times where i was like oh man i don't want to be part of this and so i would just like kind of brace myself and try to hold on to something um and then i did like last time i did this kind of like lose my balance and move across the boat onto another person and you know he's like yeah that's that's what happens right like you end up losing your balance and i was like oh okay so so that's yeah. in, that's interesting so by by actively trying to like not fall out you're more likely to fall out and so the thing that you need to do to be to stay in the raft is like to just like like dive in and go for it that's amazing yeah. it's yeah. very cool yeah. And and there is like a mountain bike analogy here, mm. um, and it's something again that I, that I've learned from falling, uh, biking, and and like hearing other people talk about it. And um, and uh, a few years ago, Jack, Jack, my one of my kids, and I went to um, Sugar Mountain, which is a, a ski hill in North Carolina, and, and we did some downhill mountain biking. And um, I was a little like again risk averse and nervous, 
And um, so we took a lesson and uh, the, the guy there was like, look, people get hurt when they go through these features or, you know, through these things too slow because they're worried that they're going to fall. Your, your bike can handle the, like, whatever, the rocks, the jump. Um, and the slower you do it, the harder it is for the bike to go through it, which again, not intuitive, right? Like I would, I'm thinking I should go slower down this thing. It's like, sometimes you just need to like see the end of it and try to get like, get some speed to, to go through it. Um, and so, but yeah, you're, I mean, you're, you're exactly right. Like, and, and once that, once he, he told me that, and then I had some success in a couple more rapids, I had way more confidence of like, oh, all I need to do is paddle. Like everybody else is doing this. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, it was, it was good. Um, so, so can, can you be 20 on sugar mountain, man? You can, you can be, <laughs> you can be 20 on sugar mountain. Uh, okay. you, you can even be like 45 on sugar mountain. Uh, cool. But do you, but, but do you want to live on sugar? Mountain? I, I, I mean, ironically, <laughs> with the barkers I, and the colored balloons. I, I think I do. And I will, I will be there with the barkers and colored balloons. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Um, so the other thing we did, uh, on this trip, which I had not done before and I didn't, I wanted to, cause we just to close the loop on, on Philmont and, and your yes. experiences. Yes. Yeah. Um, we went, we went zip lining. Ooh. Uh, have you done that before? Is this something I I have I have not, and I I want to say I think that one of the one of the plans as I was sort of moving away out of scouting in in Monmouth County was that they were going to rent part of the land on one of their camps to a zipline company. I don't remember what ended up happening with that, but no, and I'm I don't know. I mean that ziplining seems a little scary, so I've never I never had the opportunity, and I'm not sure I would have taken the opportunity. I was happy to go certainly go backpacking for 10 days in the backcountry that was a blast um and uh yeah but and and rift rafting i didn't really have a choice i kind of went along with that and it was fine um but yeah i don't know zip lining seems a little too uh yeah no i'm it's not my not my jam as they say nor will i get my jam <laughs> nor will I get your jam. so i didn't think it was going to be mine either <clears throat> mm. um but uh it was um it was pretty great um, cool. and, uh, yeah. And so we did, uh, we did this like a series of zip lines. I think it was six of them. And one of them was mm. 30, 3,100 feet. Oof. Um, and, uh, and apparently we got up to a speed of like 55 miles an hour. Um, oh. but so, so let me, let me like, uh, I don't know, compare the two. So zip lining mm-hmm. also, I have no control, right? right? The line right. goes, but um but see, is can you break though is there uh is there not, not, not very well not on the one i was on um okay yeah right. so no it's it's like this these ones i mean there are some where you have handbrakes or where you can slow down yeah the the reason why you do, why it was explained by the guide on this why they don't have that is because they're so long that if you break you're gonna You'll, you might not get down yeah, yeah. and then that's yeah. a problem because then yeah. oh yeah because then go they gotta you. they gotta yeah. and you're and meanwhile meanwhile you're you're clogging up the whole line and right know, so you know, somebody could smash into you yeah so i i could i could see that would be not good yeah yeah um so uh anyway it was it was much uh so but but you're strapped in mm-hmm. and uh so i felt really um a lot um i don't know a lot more um uh, in, I guess not, maybe not in control, but I didn't worry about that one um, as mm-hmm. much. Right. Um, right. You, you we, felt safer doing that than uh, rafting. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So let's, let's just close the boy scout loop here. Okay. Sure. Um, 
also when I showed up in uh, Fayetteville, West Virginia, um, I, I didn't realize that I was getting into the National Jamboree. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. In, it's in the summit. It was. Uh, I think it's still, I don't know if it's still happening, but it was the Summit Bechtel Reserve, which is yeah. maybe 10 miles south of of where I was for, for the weekend. And there were signs. It was all Jamboree everything. And um, so we didn't, I didn't see any uh, actual Boy Scouts or uh, Scouts in the, in the wild mm. or anything like that. Mm. Um, but the, our friend, the river guide who took us said that um, all we, the reason why we, we asked him to help us because everything was booked because of the Jamboree and all sure. the, like sure, sure. three, 3000 like Scouts were, yep. were rafting um, yep. on the day yep. that we were there. Yep. Uh, yep. So, yeah. Sense. Yep. Did you, so did you ever go there? You, you like, I, no, like, no. Okay. No. So there's basically, there's, there's, it looks like, well, I'm looking at the, the, uh, Bechtel reserve, uh, page right now. And it does reference, um, three other high adventure, yeah. uh, locations. One is Philmont, uh, one is Florida sea base and the other one is Northern tier. Um, and Philmont is the only one I've, I've been to, and that's kind of the famous one that everybody talks about, but, but the, uh, and the Bechtel, uh, summit Bechtel reserve is actually relatively new, uh, location that was, I think, given to the boy scouts. Um, but, oh yeah. All right. So it's the home of the national jamboree and the Paul R. Kristen national high adventure base. So, yeah, so there's four of these high adventure bases. And I think the Bechtel reserve is the, is the newest one. Oh, interesting. All right. Yeah. Cool. Um, so, uh, you want to talk about some foods, AT things? <laughs> we probably should. Eh, why not? Wait, hang on. Before we do that, you got anything for, um, uh, uh department head chair talk? Cause I, this is a, this is like our first, I mean, mm. oh, right. Is yeah, this our, official? Well, well, mm. our first non IAFP yeah. meeting. Yeah. No, I don't think so. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm 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 doing some stuff today that's department chair related. Um, I've been complaining a lot to people, um, <laughs> but I feel like it's okay. It was good to see some of my peers at the IAFP meeting. It's very annoying that it's gonna the meeting's gonna conflict. IAFP is gonna conflict with IFT again next year. <clears throat> yeah, get which your, uh, get your stuff together, people. Uh, right? Yeah. Well, and apparently, depending on who you talk to. It's IFT's fault, uh, but I also talked to somebody that said, nah, it's actually IAFP's fault because they were told about this one and they didn't do what they did. And yeah. I, I don't know. So Whatever. I don't, I don't, yeah, it doesn't really matter whose fault it is. Um, and I guess I'm going to try to go to IFT next year, but it's just super annoying. Yeah, yeah, that is. Yeah. Well, maybe you could do where maybe you could do what a couple of our colleagues did, which they went to both just for right. one day. Yeah. Oh, can, right. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I, I guess I'm going to have to do that, which is but that's just that I is annoying. I, I, it's annoying. I don't want to have yeah. to do that. I want to just go to one or the other, you know, yeah. or, or go to both, but not at the same time. But right. That's, right. Uh, apparently not a possibility. So. Yeah. Um. Uh. OK, so I got. Well, let's start. Let's start with this. Um. I read a really interesting paper. Uh, okay, so, well, and I'll, I gave you a little bit of background on this, but I'm gonna, I'll give all of our listeners a background on this. So uh, at IAFP, I, um, I gave a talk uh, at a symposium that, uh, shout out to Meg Kirchner who invited me to do this, uh, on crowdsourcing. And, um, and what Meg wanted me to do 
was really th this is uh, part of a, a symposia with um, public health folks from CDC and from I, I used to call it PHAC, the Public Health Agency of Canada. Don multiple uh -huh. people multiple people called it FAC this this week, huh? Or last week? I I've never heard that before. So. Um, but, but anyway, it was at this, it was a, it was a cool, I thought it was a really cool symposium, but, but it, I, I get, every once in a while you get asked to do something that's a little bit outside of your skill set. Have, have you experienced that, uh, in the, at all when it comes to food safety, where someone's like, Hey, can you talk about this thing? Yeah. So it happened yesterday, actually. Oh, I was perfect. Presentation about, um, risk assessment and i explained that risk assessment was part of risk analysis and risk analysis has three components risk assessment risk communication and risk management and one of the people i was giving this and they were all these were all people that were not new to food safety uh but but maybe new to risk-based thinking um and the person said so what can you tell me more about risk communication because i think we really have some risk communication problems here and i'm like well i know some really good people i could hook you up with <laughs> but it's not really my thing Right, right. Well, but, but okay, I'm I'm here to talk about this other thing, which sound might seem the same to you, but it's not. It's not actually the same. So it's one of the words is the same. Uh, one of the words is the same, and it's it's all part of risk analysis. So know? so, but yeah, yeah. Well, and and so so when uh, Meg asked me to do this, I was like, yeah, like I could do something on, um, on the the idea is like crowd. You know how how if at all, is anybody in food safety using crowdsourcing or in public health, right? And there, there are examples um, oh, of yeah. this. And yeah, so from, the, from Patrick, right? Exactly. I mean, yep. Yeah. I was, I was poison.com. Um, mm -hmm. There was a couple of um, uh, examples back about a decade ago uh, in New York, uh, where uh, Columbia University and New York City Health Department identified outbreaks using Yelp. Mm -hmm. yep. Um, yep. There was Chicago, uh, um, Chicago Department of Health use Twitter. So like, to me, those are like the, you know, I, I, and I gave a little like creative license to myself. I was like crowdsourcing as a, like, as a term has like lots of definitions, but really it's about like getting this collective, like intelligence about human people through humans. Right. Sometimes, right. sometimes those humans are passive participants in your crowdsourcing and sometimes they're active right like in the passive right. they're they're just posting stuff on social media in the active ones you might be like asking them to be citizen scientists right and right. and right. so so um so what what it forced me to do though uh about um and and i, I i'm getting one thing that i've learned uh in the last two years uh, again we're going to go back to department head chair talk don mm -hmm. i I, I'm much more of a planner now than I was more out of mm. necessity. Right. Um, because I've spent, I spent most of my career just kind of like going with the flow and figuring it out on the fly. And I found in the first year or so, like that I couldn't do that. Like, like if I, so for, for instance, if, if I had not planned I, uh, for for this talk and and done some work, you know, two weeks, three weeks before, I would not have been able to do it the day before I left for IAFP um, because I couldn't um, count on having time that day anymore. Yep. 
Yeah. Like, like that, yeah. that's the, that's really the biggest thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, yep. so this, and, and it, this like planning manifests itself in lots of different ways now in my life. Like, um, I would never, um, like, like I would never prepare my coffee the night before I would get up <laughs> but, and now like, yeah, I, I grind beans. I fill up the Ooh. kettle. I, I set up like before I go to bed, I set up like whatever I'm, whatever I think I'm going to use that morning based on what my schedule is, whether it's an AeroPress or whether it's my like pour over or whether it's a French press, like all of that stuff. I, you know, I've got the brain space at nine o'clock at night to do that. Where in the morning I, I like, I, so anyway, it's helping me in, in hmm. that, in that area. Um, I'm, I, I procrastinate. But, but then, but the bean, the beans are not as fresh if you've gotten the night before, Ben. It's true. Like, and, and so that's the trade-off, right? Like, okay. the, mm-hmm. like I, yeah, hundred, right. there, there is a quality trade-off. Right. Um, but, but the, now it's something that I, and, and I, this is also the, like, one of the things that I've learned about, um, in the department head, uh, chair talk world is that there, there are so many things on a list that really what I want to do is not have to think about it anymore. Like oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Right. So, so that would be a thing that I, in the morning, okay. It's like, well, here are four things I need to do and I got to get out of the house in this amount of time. So, but, but if I can just trade off, you know, a little less poor quality of my coffee for not having to think about it and being on autopilot for it, that I will do that. Um, now, right. right. And, that, would, and that is yeah. a, and that, that is a very um, getting things done, David Allen sort of thing, right? Yes. Like, why would I have something on my mind if I have a way to get it off my mind? And what you're saying is, yeah, I have a way to get my morning coffee off my mind, which is by taking care of it at nine at night so that I don't have to deal with it in the morning because I've got, I, I at that point, the, you know, the fire hose is on and I'm, I'm, you know, I don't have time to think about how I'm going to make coffee. Yeah. 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 And, and that's, I mean, that's where, um, that, you know, that's where I, I kind of got it from. And, and I, I like, I, I, you know, you shared getting things done with me. Oh, I mean, uh, over a decade ago. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and sent me a copy and I read it mm-hmm. and then I did some stuff and I was like, yeah, I'll get into OmniFocus and I'll do this. And I, you know, from, for some things it, it was really good, but it wasn't until I had really like two jobs to do that mm-hmm. I need, I really needed to figure out how to get stuff out of my mind. And, yep. Yep. um, and so, so it's like that kind of thing. So anyway, this, this, um, uh, this talk at IAFP on crowdsourcing, I knew that I needed brain space and time to do it. And I mm-hmm. couldn't count on that closer to the, to the date. So what it ended up like forcing me to do, cause I, I knew, I knew enough that I could give, you know, a 15 minute talk with like a few jokes that might not have a whole lot of substance. But what I really wanted was to spend four or five hours um, thinking about what a what a talk would look like, then spend another four or five hours going into the literature over the last like five years and figuring mm-hmm. out what's out there so I could tell better stories. And so I did yep. that. Um, and I thought that the talk was was pretty good. Um, but the, <laughs> um, I read a bunch of papers. Mm-hmm. which I hadn't done. Like I made mm-hmm. space and time to do that. Mm-hmm. But um, so I went through the table of contents for journal of food protection and food protection trends for the last five years, looking for things, scanning titles and being like, is this a, is this paper about crowdsourcing at all? Is it about mm. like, um, you know, the utilizing online sources? Is it, what, what are we doing here? And I, so I, I did that, but also at the same time, 
I found myself seeing a whole bunch of other papers that were interesting that had nothing to do with this talk. So I parked them <laughs> for this purpose today. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Which was like, okay. this is something that Don and I should talk about. So the first one I want to talk so, to sorry, you about. Be oh, yeah. Sorry, before you do that, I have just a qu another quick IFP story, um, which uh, illustrates the um, how uh, perhaps how one should not do things, which is that I had, and it also kind of ties back into the whole dog thing, sick dog thing. So my friend Marcy from Brazil, who you met, uh, Dr. Marcian uh, Magnani um, was coming to IAFP, um, but then her elderly dog got sick and she felt like she couldn't take the time. And so she needed to stay home and take care of her dog. And also that meant she needed someone to give her talks for her. And there are two of her talks that I was a co-author on. And I'm like, yeah, sure. No problem. I put them on my calendar. I looked at the slides. I'm like, yeah, I can, I can probably do this. And then proceeded to sit in the room next to the room where the first talk was by accident doing email and department uh, chair head stuff. And then realized about five minutes after the talk was supposed to start that I needed to be, thank goodness, only next door and burst through the doors of the room. And I'm like, I'm here. I'm here. I'm really sorry. <laughs> Hello. Um, and of course, because <laughs> the conveners of that session were good people and they didn't start the next talk because that's not what you do. If somebody doesn't show, you wait until the appointed time for the next person. And I proceeded to give a passable version of Marcy's talk in, in 10 minutes. Um, and most importantly, I did not save time for questions, but I did end on time and I covered all of her slides. And, and then I was also not late to the second talk of hers that I had to give uh, the next day. So, um, yeah, so certainly I probably should have, um, you know, made my coffee the night before. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly, um, and it wouldn't have been as fresh, but it certainly would have been better a better talk. But ended up uh, doing doing just fine. So sorry. So now, but no. now you have a bunch of stuff that you want to talk about because you prepared. I, well, sort of. Mm -hmm. I mean, but but I prepared like three and a half weeks ago for this. So wow. and the first one is one that you're gonna like you've prepared about, mm. um, which you didn't even know about, and uh, it's a paper I just sent you that you wrote. Um, <laughs> which, which is awesome. Like we've talked a little bit about you doing this work, but, um, mm -hmm. uh, until, and I, again, like I've spent probably the last two years, not paying attention to what's happening in the literature. And this paper <laughs> came out like, like, I mean, you know, just, just trying to, trying to survive. But I, um, anyway, the paper that uh, I want to, um, talk to you about is, uh, something that was published in, uh, this month's. Journal of Food Protection, mm -hmm. uh, Microbiological Quality and Safety of Pizza Held Out of Temperature Control in University Dining Halls. And you you found, um, like, I think some pretty cool stuff on this, uh, which really yeah. aligns yeah. with what we've been talking about as it relates to, um, you know, risky or not kind of things re related to pizza. Pizza, yeah. And I will say, too, like there's, yeah, so this is a paper by uh, my student, Yanzi Zhu, and I, and it took it took Yanzi, a, uh, she's had some struggles, uh, it took her a long time to finish. Um, but when she first came to my lab, I gave her this project, and she did a nice job with it. Um, and then it really just sort of languished, because like I said, she was working through some stuff. Um, but <clears throat> it is something that I have been thinking about a lot. And um uh, I, I, our, who's our friend from Maine? Jason, is, Jason, uh, Jason, Jason Bolton, Bolton. Jason Bolton. Yeah. Right. 
Um, I he was like, oh, this sound. I was talking to him about this at one of our uh, our uh, multi state meetings, and he's like, yeah, this sounds really good. You should uh, you should publish that. And I'm like, yeah, I think I think I'm probably going to publish it in Food Protection Trends. I don't know how big a paper it's going to be, but it's probably worthy of FPT. And then the more I sat and worked with this this document, where, where the ANSI's thesis and then the resulting manuscript. Um, the more, and this is the problem, Ben, with, with the way my brain works is I, you know, my, my good friend, um, uh, now re retired former department chair and, and long since retired Tom Montville, uh, talked about pe whether people were, um, divergent thinkers or convergent thinkers and, and convergent thinkers sort of like get to the idea and then, you know, converge on the idea. Whereas divergent thinkers are always getting distracted and going off in different directions. And I, I try to be convergent, <clears throat> but in writing this paper, things just sort of kept coming up and I kept like, oh, I could analyze this or we could do that. And and so this sort of grew from this little, I wouldn't say throwaway idea, but from this relatively simple idea um, into something that that actually became a, a really nice paper. And, and we had been collecting data all along on, on temperatures of foods, hot foods and, and cold foods. And we find very often that hot foods at uh, university dining halls and I'm sure other places as well, uh, hot foods are sometimes not held hot. And pizza is one of those. And again, you, all you have to do is walk into any uh, pizzeria in New Jersey and you'll see there's there's slices out um, not being temperature controlled. And, and probably depending on pH and water activity, they might be a TCS or, or time temperature control for safety food. And it just kind of, it, it, you know, it, it, it sort of percolated, percolated around in my brain. And I also, too, I have to give credit to uh, Carl Batt, who's a faculty member at Cornell uh, in food science, because uh, I, I spoke with him a long, long time ago, back in the 90s, when I when he was a professor, a tenured professor, and I was a untenured or just newly associate professor. Um, and he talked about this class with undergrads where he had them take pizza and beer and hold them out overnight and try to guess which one was going to have more contamination at the end of the night uh, or the next morning. And it turns out inevitably uh, the beer was always way more contaminated than the pizza uh, because pizza is not a food that really supports a heck of a lot of uh, growth of microorganisms. And, um, and we, and we, and so we, we explored that and we, and we, we dug into this, uh, this paper and we had a lot of historical data and then we had some data that Yancey collected and I even did some computer modeling. So what would you, so that's oh, sort of my yeah. preamble of how we got here. So what would you like to know? know about what else would you like to know about this uh paper this research? so so i yeah and i mean i think i i really like what you how you constructed this like and you, you kind of mm -hmm. just alluded to it right it's like here's some historical data here's some new data and here's some modeling to answer yep. a, like I, I one of these like canonical questions that you and i probably right. get more than anything it's like wh what do i do if like can i leave pizza out overnight which is a little bit different than pizza had a, held at a temperature control at university and dining halls but i think that this mm -hmm. I think your paper answers this question. And mm -hmm. I'll, I'll tell you the, the figure that I loved so much is figure four. Um, on, oh, on this. yes. Th My pride and joy. Yes. Like, let me tell you, this is, uh, Don, this is something that I'm going to put it like I, next time I give a food safety general talk, um, I'm going to use this, like the, this, this cool. paper. Yeah. Because here, here you have, not like what we try to answer is 
a, a snapshot point of like, well, what, you know, can I leave this pizza out or, or whatever, right? And right. here you've got 50, what is it, 57 pizza samples. And mm-hmm. you demonstrate what FDA shows or is like sort of points to in the model food code about whether mm-hmm. uh, a food is a TCS food. And every one of your samples falls underneath that, falls below that threshold. Um, the uh, right, like, is am I reading that the right way? Um, oh no, no. sorry. So the dotted black line. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. On. So I'm yeah. looking at the wrong so, line. Yeah. Yeah. So figure four from this manuscript. Um, it has pH on the y-axis and water activity on the x-axis, and the dotted line yeah. is the line for TCS food for uh, TCS food for vegetative cells, right? Yes. And so if if the food lies below and to the left of that line, it is not a TCS food by definition. Um, and if it lies above and to the right, um, it's a food where um, a product assessment is needed. And so for the most part, um, many of the people, and we, we, measured, uh, we measured the water activity of the whole slice because it was hard to do anything different. And then we measure the pH of the topping, uh, whether that, uh, the yeah, the, the topping on the pizza, the cheese of the pizza and the bread of the pizza. And we yes. use different symbols for um, topping cheese or bread um, in terms of pH. And, but again, the water activity was for the whole thing. And so we have, you know, we have points, uh, there's three points basically for every pizza. Um, uh, one representing the, the Y, the X axis representing water activity. And then the three points, uh, for pH, uh, represented uh, on the Y axis. And that, that line that you're referring to, that is the line that I constructed, um, based on the data we had, which represented worst case. Gotcha. And so that that black line is the is the front is the is the is is p- pizza lying on that line represents the riskiest pizza, right? Um, and then the other thing was that uh, because again, and all of this goes back to the two thousand and one um, IFT document where we proposed this new term called temperature control, time temperature control for safety. And then the NACMIF document that I was also a part of on on challenge studies. And in the NACMIF document, we actually came up with, um, some hypothetical characteristics of pizza, which are represented by the little plus marks. And you can see for the most part, those plus marks are pretty good. They're pretty consistent with that worst case line, except for one of those plus marks, which is, which was outside the line. Um, but again, the NACMIF people felt that was appropriate. And that was probably coming out of Kathy Glass's head because she's done a lot of work with cheese, for example. But yeah, and so the idea was, okay, here's this whole cluster of points. Yeah. Uh, points that are down and to the left are not risky. And then the the solid line is the, is the risk front, right? So that's the riskiest place to be. So if you're going to do studies, that's really where you ought to do them. And we didn't have the resources to do studies, but we did have the resources to do modeling for that that front and so that 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 upper right hand corner uh with the black line that represents where the risk lies and where we wanted to do our model right 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 and and so that yeah that line um it kind of gives you you know the all of this coming together results in in you kind of like real life data in the modeling showing mm-hmm. that like we're, eight hours is really a number that we should be thinking about 
<laughs> in, right, in right. time. And so, right? Yeah, like if that's, take, yeah. yeah, if you if you take that black line and you run those pH water activity values through some computer models, um, uh, looking at both uh, lag phase and no lag phase, um, certainly uh, with lag phase, which is probably what you would expect for any of these organisms that are that are present on the pizza, um, they're going to go through lag phase. And it turns out with uh, if you look at eight hours with a lag phase, um, you're probably not going to you're probably going to have a predicted less than a one log increase of those organisms. Now, again, we didn't actually do the experiments. I, I think staff is probably based on again, based on the modeling analysis, Staphylococcus is probably the riskiest organism, but it would be really interesting now to go and do a challenge study, perhaps with uh, Staphylococcus and find out, uh, you know, does it, how fast does it actually grow on pizza? So, yeah. And, and uh, the, the, just pointing out with, with staff, you, you found it in your sampling twice out of right. thir 1300 or well, how many was that, was that out of 57 pizza samples? Is that right? Yeah, I don't I don't remember now because because Yanzi collected some data and then we also had historical microbiology yeah. data. And so this is no. So this is historical data um, uh, on pathogens or coliforms on 96 pizza samples. So this is table gotcha. two from the manuscript. Yeah, and we go. found um, one uh, cheese pizza that was positive for Staph aureus and one meat pizza that was positive for Staph aureus. Um, so two, basically around 3% of all pizzas were positive for Staph aureus. And I think, um, when, uh, when Yanzi collected her samples, um, she just looked at total plate count, uh, lactic acid bacteria, coliforms, and generic E. coli. She did not look for Staphylococcus because, because we had gotcha. to kind of put some bounds on, uh, on, on the work that, that she did. Um, but we do, we do occasionally find staphylococcus, um, in our pizza, but it's, uh, almost always present at a very low level and, uh, therefore, uh, relatively low risk. So, um, I, this is not a question for you, but I'm mm. going to ask it to you, um, mm. or ask, uh, I think it would be really interesting. And, uh, um, Nora nerds head's going to explode here in a minute. Um, mm -hmm. I think it would be really interesting if someone in my state took this paper and applied for a variance to the food code specifically for, <laughs> for pizza, um, mm -hmm. and, and said, uh, I would like to hold uh pizza out of temperature for eight hours, uh, or six hours, right? Like, like more than, than four, but less, less than eight, right. uh, based on this data. And, and I think that would throw that, like, I think that would be a, um, uh, like a constitutional crisis, maybe, uh, of, of trying to figure out how to manage that. Cause I think that, that this, you know, like fi figure four demonstrates that there, that uh, there are a lot of pizza, like in your example, uh, in the TCS food you know, definition, but not in the risk, um, you know, not above uh, the, um, something that that would be more risky than um, than you know four hours um, in uh, out of temperature, which we already allow. So I think it's right, and and yeah. I'll I'll say too, um, you know, again, pizza places 
uh, at least in New Jersey, where we have a lot of them, and probably even in North Carolina, I suspect if you walk into pizza places, they've got slices that are just sitting out at room temperature that you that they will reheat for you. Yep. Yep. Um, but my my gut feeling, I, I'd be very curious to know how often pizza places get written up for that. Um, and how the local health folks that inspect pizza parlors, how they deal with that. Um, because I got to imagine that, you know, maybe, you know, the pizza place could say, oh, it's times of public health control. Um, we, you know, they're, they're out for no more than four hours. Um, I don't, I really have to think that they're not, they're not doing that. I really have to think that these pizza slices probably do sit out all day. But again, I, I'm not a, I'm not, I've never run a pizza. I've, I've worked, I worked in a pizza place once, um, oh. but not the front of the house, uh, back of the house, um, making the pizzas, um, making the pizzas, um, making the pizzas, <laughs> making the pizzas. Uh, um, yeah. So uh, yeah, well, that was, in, that was in Georgia. I worked at Godfather's pizza. Oh, but the the Herman is that Herman Cain's pizza place? Didn't <laughs> don't think so. I don't. I think it might be. Wasn't it? Uh, oh, R.I.P. Oh, maybe. Uh, oh, R.I.P. to a real one. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't he? Uh, um, I'm not sure. Someone former Godfather's Pizza CEO Herman Cain dies of COVID. Oh, oh really? Yeah, you oh, were, wow. He was your boss. He was oh, your boss. Jeez, yeah, he was my were, boss. Didn't was, even know it. Was he? Was he the boss uh, back in the '80s of that? I, I don't know. Let's look. Um, uh, he was 86 to 96. Oh, 86. No, I was, uh, oh. uh, 80, about, uh, 80, 79, 83, 85, 83 to 85. I think was, oh. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not though. Maybe not. Cause no, cause 83 to 85. No, I think it was, it was right around that time. Cause it was when I was working on my PhD. Cause when I lived in Griffin, I didn't work, uh, at a Godfather's. Yeah, no, I think it was, yeah, we, we, he probably was my boss. How about it was that? Your, it was your boss. There you go. Um, uh, somehow, I just sent you uh, our, my new favorite um, uh, uh, publication, uh, uh, Pizza Media, uh, P- PM, <laughs> PM with a slice out of it, uh, PMQ, Pizza Magazine. I don't know what uh, the Q stands for. Anyway, somehow when I clicked on the, the link that I just sent you, it, it said, thank you for subscribing. So um, so I, hopefully Oof. our listeners are now not now uh, subscribed to Pizza Media. Um, but yeah, so there you go. Um, Okay, so another another question for you. Um, I would like to talk to you about, and this this does also relate. You'll see to the paper um, in a second. Uh, I want to talk. You you go. Um, it's almost back to school time, right? Right, Don. You know about that. You still you still are you getting ready for back to school? Well, here's the thing, Ben. I, my understanding is where you work in or in North Carolina, it's always back to school. It's always it's true. It is always back to school here. This is an evergreen story. Um, although my kids are now on traditional, not year round. So they oh don't go, okay. Yeah. But but yes, like there there are multiple people that I know whose kids are are already back in school. Um, so hmm. our our friends at USDA who who we love. Um, uh, they put out a press release. It was uh, picked up by Food Safety News. USDA's food safety precautions for preparing and packing a school lunch because it's back to school. Okay. Um, okay. There's some fun, fun copy in here. I'm going to read it right away. Parents and caregivers should take extra precautions when preparing and packing a school lunch. Okay. Flunking in food safety, Don, is not an option, especially when children are most vulnerable to food safety illness or foodborne illness. So, uh, ben, I, I would say flunking is always an option. Flunking is always an option. So 
Um, uh, cold foods. So USDA recommends insulated lunch boxes. Paper bags are risky because they don't allow for proper food cooling. Um, I don't think we're really talking about food cooling, right? Like we're keeping it cool. We're not taking a hot food and making it cool, but I don't know. Um, uh, I always use at least two cold sources, like frozen gel packs, juice boxes, or water bottles to keep foods cold. Foods that sit out at room temperature risk entering the danger zone uh, with temperatures between 40 uh, and 140. Uh, foods that sit out that. I don't Foods think that, that sit out at room temperature risk entering the danger oh, zone. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's the whole sentence. Okay. Yeah. And then the parenthetical, right? Yeah, yeah. Which defines danger zone. Yeah. Okay. Uh, hot foods, uh, keep them hot. So anyway, we just talked about pizza and I would not worry about refrigerating it for school lunch. Um, in, if preparing lunch the night before school and refrigerating overnight, take the bag or lunchbox out before leaving home. Um. Okay. Pack just the amount okay. of perishable food. Yeah, sure, sure. Okay. So those are the those are your tips. Um, I well, I would say another another tip is if you're going to prepare it the night before, um, maybe don't put it in a bag or a lunchbox. Put it, you know, or leave the bag or leave it out of the bag and leave the lunchbox open. Because uh, if you put a hot warm food in a lunchbox and put it in the fridge, it's going to not cool down. So that's where cooling down is important, right? Right. Uh, and I would say take the frozen gel packs and leave them in the freezer. Put them in. Put them in the lunchbox when you're going to school, right? Right. So you don't want to. Yeah, you don't want to pack it all the night before. I mean, you want to make it the night before, but you have to pack it the morning of, right? I think. Right. 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 Yeah. Um. So, I. I um. Do, do you remember the four steps to the food safety honor roll, Ben? I don't. I don't <laughs> remember those four steps at all. Oh, but I, I bet you do if you think about it hard enough. Think um, about fight back. I know. Um, I can find them. You, you, find got the your, four rules. you yeah. got your. You got your cook. You got your chill. You got your clean and separate. There you go. There you go. Um, I knew you right. could do it. I knew. I, <laughs> I. I. It was. That was. That was great. Um, so uh, I would like to highlight an article that I think is va valid in our discussion today, which mm -hmm, is mm -hmm. um, uh, a paper that was published in um, the uh, uh, Food Protection Trends in 2019. Uh, again, one that I discovered that I did not know about hmm. uh, uh, before uh, trying to dig on uh, crowdsourcing. Simulation of time and temperature as a public health control for food served during food trips, field trips, not food trips, at schools. So um, this is uh, from our uh, a bunch of our colleagues at Kansas State University, um, Sarah Gregg and Paolo Lopez and Randy Phoebus. Um, but they they really demonstrate with, I think, pretty good uh, data that the location and the cooler on a field trip doesn't really matter. Um, the, you know, you can, uh, you can put a lot of foods in here. They did some inoculation study. It, essentially, what they found um, was uh, uh, Listeria monocytogenes in salmonella populations did not significantly increase during the five-hour simulation of packing these lunches into two coolers and taking them on a hot bus. Um, and, and yeah, which I thought was really cool because this is the type of thing that, again, I, you know, I get, I, I don't know if you get questions about this, but because of the work that we do in schools, um, people are like, well, but what about, what about field trips, right? Like where 
it's not in a a controlled classroom setting where but it's the, these foods are going to sit on a bus and so they said well let's manage this by putting um a bunch of uh lunches baby carrots um uh, i think it was like sandwiches um let's see what else they, they put in there Tur sandwich apple carrot um into a cooler and uh and see if if uh they hold temperature and uh they d demonstrated that you know five hours might be okay instead of uh, the the two or four hours that we hear uh from uh our, our um our uh, public health partners in their messages but okay. i thought that's interesting yeah, I, th um, yeah, I thought this was a cool paper yeah, I, I would, I would have, I would, so I, I use simulation to mean a particular thing, and this is not what I would call simulation. Um, you could say simulated temperature abuse, right. but even then I'm not, yeah, I, well, like, here's the thing. It's like, if I, if I wrote this article, it would be a different article. It'd be different. Yeah. Yeah. It would be about pizza. <laughs> but, right. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, this is good. I like I like doing this kind of stuff though, where you say, okay, let's imagine a scenario and let's try to conduct an experiment where we would where we would see what happens here. And I and I do I do like Figure Two, um, yeah. which shows the temperatures of the different foods. I don't I don't really like to love the quality of the graphics. Um, what is Ben? What is an ECTPU? Because that should be abbreviated. That abbreviation should be defined. Yeah, that is the um, think. electronically controlled thermal processing unit. Okay. These data were used to create a commercial electronically controlled uh, thermal processing unit cycle to mimic high risk scenario temperature changes on a school bus to create a high risk scenario the ectpu temperatures were higher than temperatures recorded by the school bus temperature data loggers so essentially that was the ambient temperature that was the air temperature yes that the cooler the, was placed in correct correct okay okay yeah and so All right. yeah so that was the um th th uh they took uh, uh, school bus temperatures with data loggers, and then they program that in time and temperature uh, and and temperature changes uh, into this ECTPU unit, and to to like I guess really simulate what it would be like if these coolers sat in a bus instead of actually going into a bus. Right. Right. Um, and. This actually makes me think of a paper. So anyway, what, do you, what, yeah, what are your, what are your thoughts on this paper that I just sprung on you? Well, well it's interesting. Um, I certainly, I mean, looking at figure two and figure three, certainly putting ice on the bottom helps. Um, I'm not sure that I really like the idea of using ice cause it's messy. I would say I would rather use freezer packs rather than ice just because it makes it a little bit easier to control. Now, did you, um, did they, uh, did they look at, um, did they actually do inoculation, inoculated pack studies? Did they yeah. inoculate? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Th I think so. And that they, um, the, they only show in figure four, salmon, uh, salmonella populations. Okay. Which didn't change. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if I, again, yeah. if I was doing this study, I would have done it differently. Um, I, I would have. Yeah, so populations on baby carrots, but you know, baby carrots are probably. Well, if I look at all the foods, I would say, I would not. I would look at a cut apple 
but is was this was this uh, and what's kind of sandwich? I mean, yeah, again, if uh, I did not review this, I did not write this. I would have if I had reviewed it, I would have probably had comments, and I did not write it. Um, so I would not. So I, did, I I would have written it differently, and I probably would have designed the experiments differently too. But I think this is still valuable contribution to the literature. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. This is um, and it and and it's like I think it's good where it kind of shows. Um, you know, like it gives, it gives someone some guidance on what to do with field trip, right? Like here's some message. Yes. And I, yeah. And this is, I think that there's a group at Kansas state that has like a, um, what's it called? Yeah. Uh, they, they are like a center It's called the center for food yeah. safety and child nutrition programs. Yep. Yep. Um, and that's where, um, uh, Paula Paz, uh, is, mm -hmm. uh, and Tracy Watkins. So as, as, um, so they, they're, they're trying to generate data to give guidance to like those who do child nutrition programs in schools about this and, right. and field right. trips is, you know, is something that's, that's out there. Um, so, um, let me find, so we did something and I, I don't think it was ever published. Um, but I, my, my, uh, you know, now, now colleague, uh, former graduate student, uh, Ellen Shoemaker, um, and she, uh, previously known as, as Ellen Thomas as part of her, I think it must've been her, um, master, master, masters, masters. <laughs> something's happening with my, my yeah. mouth and my mind, um, uh, master's thesis. She took some cut leafy greens and put them in the trunk of her car with a Oh, this was where people thought she was making meth, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't think I don't think <laughs> we, we talked about this a long yeah. time ago. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we published the trunk data. She did publish yep. um an, uh, a cool paper on uh cut leafy greens in school um service like uh, school lunch service uh and temperatures and it really about um i'll send you a link to this so we can put it into the show notes um it was really about um uh trying to give some guidance to our you know our, our school system uh about what they had was a, uh, a a specific rule that they were using on how they were handling like um uh temperatures and regions and stuff and so anyway she right. she demonstrated that like a totally different kind of uh, you know, um, uh, situation just about like cooling wells versus walk-in coolers and, right, and leafy right. greens. They're all kind of different, but, but she also, uh, got accused of making meth in her trunk. Um, so instead of utilizing what made me think about this was, uh, that, uh, yeah, ECTU, whatever it's called, um, the ECTPU, ECTPU, instead of that, we just used her car and and an actual cooler in it <laughs> right <laughs> right uh, but what made it look like she was uh, uh making math um well, and the other other thing i really don't like about this uh, phoebus article is um uh, 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 unnecessary acronyms um, right the T tdz i don't i don't i don't i don't need i don't need you to use tdz people to love tell me it's the temperature danger zone i people love tlas and i uh f h t <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly effing effing hate them yeah uh, yes they um yeah it, so it's i yeah i just you just just write you know you're not saving anything you know you're not saving any trees 
just it, just write use fewer words and and spell everything out because it just it reduces readability for me an old guy who forgets what the acronym is supposed to be well and it makes you um, it makes you go back to figure out what that acronym is because you yeah, need to make sense it just, of it. It, it yeah yeah it just it just disrupts my flow every time yep i'm i'm with you um uh okay so Oh, there was something something else here. I didn't even go. Do we have anything in the in our in our Dropbox? Oh, I yeah, I, I did. I, I will take a look while you talk. But um, uh, I did put some stuff in there which uh, may or may not be worth talking about. Yeah. Okay. Um. So uh, there was one other paper. That... Oh, you I do. Go. Yes, I do want. I do want to play. I want to do want to play FDA CDC. Oh, do I ever? B plus. Do I ever? Let so. me go. Let's go podcast next. Yeah. So um, ignore the ignore the the title of the folder. Okay. Um, but I, but I do uh, I do want you to look at yep um, some um, messaging. Um, and there's basically three messages. Um, uh, one is for Instagram. One is for Facebook. For each of the three messages. Um, so you want to do this now? Yeah, yeah, I want to do it now. Yeah. Yep. So let's look at the first. What I'm seeing is the first one, um, yeah. which we're, we'll call that A. Okay. Yep. So, and you could look at Instagram or you can look at Twitter, Facebook. Yep. Give me, give me your reaction to describe it for the listeners. Yes. Yes. Um, or I can describe it. Um, yeah, I'll describe it. So it's a sink, <laughs> and sitting next, sitting on the sink, is a cupcake. <laughs> uh, which is decorated in the style of the poop emoji. So imagine the poop emoji, uh, except it's the frosting on a chocolate cupcake. Um, <laughs> and then there's some edgy looking lettering, which looks like it was spray painted. Um, and it says, here's the real poop, colon. <laughs> Most norovirus is spread by people who didn't wash their hands. Norovirus is a very contagious virus that can cause vomiting and diarrhea Anyone can get infected and sick with norovirus and then back to the, the spray painted um, text, wash your hands uh, and then cdc.gov slash norovirus. What give me, give, if you would, please yeah. give me your thought. I, I think that this is a very funny image. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, uh, I, it's so I, it's a bit, uh, it's a bit ironic, I guess, um, uh, based on, the uh the message so all right here's the real poop you know funny i i like that cdc tries this this stuff you know we saw it yes. with the um with with uh i think it was ticks and poppy seed muffins right mm -hmm. yep. uh i like that they they they're thinking about things it's it's creative um uh you know the two two of the three messages um, and I'll go with the second two. Norovirus, mm -hmm. a very contagious virus, caused vomiting and diarrhea. Yep, that's a fact. Anyone can get infected at your, and sick. Um, yep. With norovirus, uh, yep, wash your hands. That's the goal. Most norovirus is spread by people who didn't wash their hands isn't the full story. And right. <laughs> right. Yeah, like show your work, please. Yeah. It, that that does not, I, I think that is wrong. I mean, not, not only do I think it's not right, I think it's wrong or show me the data show me the paper the peer-reviewed publication that yeah. proves that yeah because and i think most norovirus is spread by people who are infected with norovirus right right and right and that's and, a true statement yes and i think that they've taken a leap here by saying yep. most norovirus is, is spread by people who are infected with norovirus 
who work around food. And one of the things that would take that norovirus from those people to the food is hand washing uh, or or um, a lack of of hand washing. Mm -hmm. um, but but I, I think it's really funny based on something that you and I have talked about. In fact, in the, the episode that we uh, that we talked about that we uh, record one of the episodes we recorded at IAFP, um, listeners can go back and uh, listen to those because those by the time you hear this, I've already posted. Um, you know, one outbreak we know of uh, a norovirus outbreak that we know of was about having food in a in a bathroom where someone was <laughs> vomiting. And the food may have been a uh, an emoji shaped cupcake. I don't. I can't remember. I think uh, it was oranges a, for, it was because orange, that's yeah. a common treat that you give kids who are playing soccer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but but yeah. I mean, I I think this they're they they've maybe oversimplified the yes. the message. Um, and but I'll give them. So okay, so that's the that's a. Let's move to let's yep. let's move to B, right? Okay, sure. Um, uh, B, uh, are you sitting down for this? I've gone to the Instagram one, right? And it's a it's a picture, just a very <laughs> it's a, a suggestive picture of uh, an individual uh, with their pants down, um, in, in shown from legs. the from the from uh, below the mid calf, right? Yes. So it's it, they're in a stall, they're in a bathroom stall, um, and all you can see are their bare calves, and then their uh, it looks like not tidy whities, maybe uh, some red underwear, yep. um, sitting in their blue pants. Uh, with a belt and and shoes and uh, yeah are you sitting down for this I get it it's a joke you're making yep. a joke about sitting down and pooping right okay got it yep but again and repeats that same statement that I don't really think is correct or at most, least I would yeah. love yeah I would love to see the facts that say that prove that most norovirus is spread by people who didn't wash their hands after yep. going to the bathroom right no, right right most norovirus is spread by people who are infected with norovirus I yep. mean yes please wash your hands after going to the bathroom that's a good idea it's a good message but but this is this is I think this is misleading at best and if you're if like and the message is, and again maybe this is um comp, maybe we're 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 taking a snapshot of what we we saw in this campaign. Maybe there's some companion campaign that's really about don't show up to work sick, right? Like don't show, don't work. If you have norovirus, don't be here. Don't be in the food. Don't be in a food setting because most norovirus would only like get to people. You know, if we could take the people who had the norovirus out of the system, it wouldn't matter whether they wash their hands or not. Yes, please do that. Please do right. that, right? Please, yeah. please let's find a way that people who are sick with vomiting or and and or diarrhea don't are nowhere near my food. Yeah. Right. That I don't I don't care if you're if you if you are max Tempkin level high quality hand wash. I don't yeah. care. If you are sick, stay away from my food. So that's what I want to know. But this does open up kind of an interesting like discuss well let's let, let me let's do c first and let me let me yep. give you my, my thoughts here yep, sure. so c is it happens like but you know it's a play on like you know shit happens um yep. norovirus doesn't have to don't curse don't curse well, i know but yes. but i think that on uh every once in a while they say stuff like this on cnn i think it's fine oh they do they okay yeah. that's all right yeah. then um, you know, when, when they're, when they're talking about a, like a factual, something that, uh, like, a uh, twice in peace. Oh, they're not just cursing. Yeah. 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 Okay. They're, they're just, they're reporting, uh, nor, uh, it happens. Norovirus doesn't have to norovirus can be spread by people who didn't wash their hands. That's true. See, that's, a, that, that is a much 
better message. I have no, I have no objection to that message. Yeah, that don't is be one true. of them. Norovirus can be spread by people who didn't wash their hands. Norovirus can also be spread by people who did wash their hands, but not perfectly. Um, norovirus can also be spread by people who vomited. Yeah. Right. Yep. Uh, yes. Okay. And yeah, don't be one of those. Sure. That that's good. I I like this one. I mean, it's the the graphic. It's a yeah. It's the it's a little bit more blunt. It's it's a yellow font, uh, kind of an edgy looking font on a on a nice orange background. I like this one more than the other two. I mean, the other two are. I mean, the the other two are more eye catching because who doesn't love a poop cu cupcake? Um, or a man with his, a person with a, their, his uh, pants down around his right. ankles. I mean, who doesn't love that? But uh, yeah, I, I have to say, I would give, I would give C, an A, and I would give A and B a C. Yeah. Okay, good, good. <laughs> um, so, so I like this is a great social media campaign, but I mm -hmm. think this would be way more effective if these were um, ads in restrooms, like you know, yes. above the urinal. Uh, on the back of doors, uh, stalls at in in yep. rest, some restrooms like that would be, and maybe that's what they were going for, and we don't I, we don't have that info. Um, but right. so so let me um, let, let's. I think this is a risk management decision. Okay, so regardless mm -hmm. of what the message is, I could see someone at the CDC, and and I again, I'm gonna I'm gonna just gonna drop a name of someone who I, I really like and hang out with. Um, when when we happen to be in the same city, um, who's a, a norovirus uh, um, guru, uh, Aaron Hall, I could see Aaron making uh, and again not talking about this, so I don't know, making an argument that yeah, okay, so yes, keeping people who, uh, who have norovirus out of food settings or any setting it would be ideal. But we know that people don't do that. So what if we could get some risk reduction from hand washing, right? And I think it's a mis it's a risk management decision for the for them to pick this you know this message of most norovirus is spread by people who didn't wash their hands. And I don't think they like I don't I don't know if they would care if the data that you're looking for exists, right? Because I think you can extrapolate by saying, well, if that person was there and they vomit or they have diarrhea that that or, you know that that ends up in the environment you know toilet plume stuff or just the vomiting event somehow those virus particles get to people's food through hands and so they could make an argument that most norovirus is spread by people who didn't wash their hands um, I also think I, it, yeah. Yeah. I still, I want to see the analysis though. I want right, to see right. how, how did you, what are the data that you used to come up with that statement and why, why did you go with that statement in messages A and B and not in C? Right, right, right. right. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so I don't, I don't know. I would give, so you, what, what did you, you gave C and A and B and C a B or sorry, C. sorry, C, a, 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 and, a and B, A and B a C. NBC. I think I'm going to be a little higher on that because I'd like, I think that the, um, I think the creativity gets them a, um, I, I put it, a, I might just give them a B. And so I, here, the, for me, the creativity is okay. I didn't fail you. Yes. Yes. I know. Okay. I, right. Right. The creativity is what keeps you from having a failing grade. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I guess technically, if it's a three, if if there's if they if we give them uh, points for the three messages and the image, 
Well, see if, if so. If, if we give them three, three, three messages and the image, that's twenty five percent each. Uh, you fail on the one message, that's seventy five percent. That's a C. So yeah, I think I yeah. can defend my uh, yeah, yeah. my random statement now. And I think you could, if, if uh, for those who are um, looking to raise their grades next time, um, <laughs> I I let let me make a suggestion of a small edit that I think would 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 um, maybe make it an A for you which is just taking the word most out. If that just read norovirus is spread by people who didn't wash their hands. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I, I would, I still prefer norovirus can be. Okay. I mean, it, right. I, I, I see what you're it saying. Can be spray, because it can see, so here's the thing. It's, we want people to wash their hands, but if yeah. we're really all about preventing norovirus, we have to pay attention to vomiting. Yeah. We have to pay attention to True. cleanup. We have to pay attention to excluding first and foremost, most important exclude ill workers right? yes yeah yeah all, all of yeah yeah and and there's that so there that's your that's your risk assessment mind driving a risk risk management decision um that right. results in a risk communication output right like like right. that yeah, yeah 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 no i i get you i get i i, I but i'm i'm okay with these um and uh and i i'd like I like that they're trying this and I agree, I, but I agree with you uh, that let's, let's see some data um, to support it. If they gave you some data that says, okay, well, we're, we've looked through NORS, we've looked at all of our outbreaks. These are all ill, you know, ill food handlers. Yes. But hand washing was a factor in this. Maybe, maybe we get, like, it, it, maybe you're both right. Right. Like it's, it's two, there, there are two things going on here. Um, but yeah, I think I think they're okay. I think they're. But I like I, I we. I hopefully, Aaron Hall listens to this, and or who, someone someone from the um, from CDC's uh, uh, social media or norovirus group, and then we get to talk about it. Because well, this and, is and, yeah. and, you know part of part of why I don't like the message is if most norovirus is spread by people who didn't wash their hands, then if people wash their hands that solves norovirus which is i think fundamentally not true right 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 because right uh, because I see yes see if if we just if we tell people all you have to do is wash your hands and you're good to go for norovirus i know i don't want those people in the restaurant no matter how well they wash their hands and i think i think fda's risk model for norovirus indicates that right that the real thing you need to do is not even i i and i'm going from memory here but but i think even fda's model says you know what we can we can take them out of doing food contact but still have them in the restaurant and there's still residual risk what we really want them to do is is we not want be them there. out of the restaurant so yeah. and i did i did look do a little bit of a, a dig here and so um the chief of the viro gastroenteritis branch is uh umesh parshar, parshar md um, and he, and they have published more than 500 scientific papers and book chapters. Um, so I, I will <laughs> surely in the 500, there's uh, some oh it, uh, there's some evidence that of of the statement. But I, I'm I'm not holding my breath. That's okay. Good. 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 Um, and 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 your buddy um, uh, Aaron Hall, um, he is the chief of the respiratory viruses branch. Oh, which is well, interesting. So he's no, um, no I guess he's not doing uh, the norovirus uh, world apparently. Anymore. Apparently, so he's a virus. He's but, a very, he's a virus I mean, guy. So, what would you would you reach out to him? Could could we, could we get it? Could we get yeah. CDC on the record here? I would really I would like 
I would like to, I would like to them to, I would like them to have to answer my question. And, please. and, and I know that there's a uh, healthy people 2030 working group on norovirus that mm. uh, our friend uh, newly retired um, uh, friend, uh, Leanne Jacobs is, is on and part of, and is, and, and, you know, I don't, I'm not sure if she's chairing that, but she's, she's part oh, cool. of with, with a bunch of folks from CDC. Now, um, I can't, um, email her right now because the university, uh, she retired on July for, well, on June 30th. And then the university turns your email off for 30 days and then you get your email <laughs> back in August. I don't understand why. I, I'm sure there's somewhere in my department head chair man, manual that explains this one. Um, but uh, but I'll, I'll be sure to ask her uh, in August when I can communicate. With or her. or <laughs> you could you could you could contact her by some other electronic email address. I mean, or, or or text her, um, or you could text her. Yeah, yeah, but uh, but uh, yeah, I will. I'll, I'll I'll get to the bottom of this. I'll get the real poop on this. Well, Don. Well, thank you. Yeah, we'll we'll find we'll find out what's uh, what's up with this. Oh, that's a good. That's a good one. Um, okay, so, um, okay. <laughs> thank you for that. So, text. Just just you might you might you might in case you don't have her. Um, it might be her. I'm not sure. Um, yeah. email. Right, right. Um, okay, so I'm going to tell you about a paper now, and, and similar. <laughs> tell me about something you like. <laughs> someone, something. Well, so I'm going to tell you something. Okay, here comes a uh, sponsor. Yeah, not no, they're not they're not sponsoring this. Um, but there there was a paper that was published. So again, going back to my like, I did a bunch of prep for something else mm. that results in food safety talk content. Um. There was a paper that was published a couple of years ago in Food Protection Trends, uh, 2021, Food Safety Knowledge and Self-Reported Practices Among Campers in the United States. Okay. We, we've we've been, we, you and I have been contacted about like camping food safety. We've talked about yeah. camping food safety. Didn't know there was a paper on this. And yeah, nice. So there, some of this, here's here's the thing um i would have done it differently <laughs> oh just like the phoebus article yeah yeah and um yeah. and and so the the i got really excited when i saw <laughs> the then title you read the paper <laughs> and then i read the paper of it and yeah, and really it happens happens um, a lot and so, so this is here. Here's the here's what I would have. This is from um, uh, Lou and Lee uh, from um, University of Missouri Columbia uh, uh, in uh, the uh, Department of uh, Hospitality Management. And I like the idea of this. Um, and and I I would have really liked to know about food safety knowledge and self-reported camping food safety practices among campers in the United States. But what really happened oh. here is that they they um, surveyed campers, they recruited campers and asked them about their general food safety knowledge and their general food safety practices. And, and so for instance, mm. um, you know, they talk about cutting boards and they talk about hand washing and they talk about the best way to wash fruits and vegetables. Do you, and, um, you know, do you do uh, all those things when you're camping? Yeah. Yeah. Like, right. Like, and, but then they say, uh, one of the questions is here's a self-reported practice. Okay. If you, uh, uh, I think, you know, the way that, that I read this paper, our question is if you have a sore 
on the back of your hand should you prepare food for other people? The answer that they were looking for is yes, if you bandage the sword and wear a glove, right? Okay. And and so uh, so that that's like the, the, I I just didn't I think they missed a chance. I think they missed a chance to ask about hmm. in context food safety questions about camping, which is really the stuff that people ask us, right? I'm going right. I'm going on a canoe trip. I won't have time temperature control. Right. Can can right. I take hard boiled can eggs? Can I can I bring hard boiled eggs? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, exactly. Like that, exactly. And so the so questions that people really want. They want to know is this is it yeah. Um Oh so, God, we've been doing this show too long, man. <laughs> <laughs> we know we, we know exactly what the other guy's going to say. Right, right, right. Um, oh dear. So, 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 like, I again, this is a, one of those examples of like, and this is useful information. This this tells us about yeah. people who camp, right? About their their general food safety knowledge and general self reported practices. And but what also is kind of missing in the the um, in the discussion is how well this like i would have i would have compared these answers to um for instance uh fda's um food safety survey that's not what it's called but i'm gonna find it fda food safety maybe they call it risk retail is it retail best practices no or, something? or is it for consumers it's for consumers and yeah. and our, well, our friend amy lando um runs this uh, well, while, while you while you look for that, I do I do again because I do like the idea that they talk about future studies and they talk about some of their limitations of their study. Um, uh, the data were collected only in the United States. Okay, um, future studies could include validation with campers in other countries. Okay, okay. Uh, sample size in each ethnic group was small. Okay. Uh, future research could focus on exploring differences among multicultural campers through direct observation okay cultural differences can be included in future studies hands-on teaching component that would help campers reinforce food safety handling behaviors uh, that's okay that's all great but future studies should include what people do when they're actually camping like yep. that would be the most important thing yep yeah exactly or because because i you're in you're in an environment where you don't have necessarily running water right you're in an yep. environment where you don't necessarily have a dishwasher you're you're in an environment where you might not have a bandage for your hand right i mean right right you know let's hope you're prepared and you do but yeah it's uh yeah it really it really could be a lot better so um yeah absolutely and and really future studies should, like it or and maybe th these are papers you and i will not write but but i would take the the um survey that i just sent you three folks i'm going to just give a call out i already mentioned one name but three people that I, mm -hmm. that that all deserve a, a, a call out amy lando um who who i've you know met and connected with on fda's consumer food safety stuff a bunch of times linda Verrill, same same thing and fan fan Wu, who i've not met but i believe is a um a graduate of uh, Rutgers University. R in... Rutgers University. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um and, and so um so anyway, um I, I, like a real simple like conclusion even just to have it in the discussion was to say here's how people who we recruited who are campers differed from the general population in these questions. Right. If at all. Right. Right. And right. And, and if they didn't then 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 don't I don't know. 
then we don't, probably don't need to ask campers as a subsection of the general population about these general questions. Let's ask them about their, their actual yeah, because, practices. Yeah, because it, guess what? If campers are equal, are the equivalent to the general population in terms of what they do, well, then it's irrelevant. Right. They're right. just the general population, right? Let's focus yes. on reducing risk for people while they're camping. Yes. Yeah. That's what I was hoping for. <laughs> I yep. just clapped like, uh, yep. like I was, uh, like I was tweeting that. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's, um, so anyway, that was one where, and you know, no, no, like it's not about like, there's no shade, no lemonade. This is good stuff, right? Like there's, there's, there's things that, um, are, are, are helpful in here. Um, but I, I was looking for a different paper, which, I, which I don't think exists, uh, or at least not in the last five years, uh, by scanning the table of contents of the two journals that I, that I scanned. Um, mm -hmm. okay. Uh, there's one other one that I was going to tell you about. Um, oh, and, and while, while you're, while you're doing that, I do want to uh, just circle back briefly to coffee and the IAFP uh, meeting. Um, and that's just because I, I did, I'm here looking at LinkedIn um, and I just want to, he doesn't listen to the podcast, but um, Slavi uh, Todorov, who is uh, not uh, my neighbor Todorov, that's a different thing. Um, uh, Slavi is a scientist who studies lactic acid bacteria and bacteriosins, and he now has a permanent faculty position at um, uh, University of Sao Paulo. And uh, he's a he's a lovely man, and uh, he gave me some coffee uh, in Toronto uh, for me to use, and it is ground coffee, and oh. so uh, and it's not my usual go to Starbucks, which comes in bean form, which I grind myself. Um, it was it's and it's some really delightful it's some delight delightful Brazilian coffee, which I have been having um, uh, every morning except for this morning because this morning I ate at Starbucks because my dog uh, is having surgery. So, uh, but yeah, so thanks to Slavi for the coffee. Oh well, good. That's oh, that he'll fantastic. never hear this. Uh, uh, well, thanks for the thanks for the coffee. Okay, so um, last paper that again, I I'm so out of the touch and I haven't been keeping up with this, but um, this goes back to uh, the conference for food protection where you and I had um, put together an issue about um, uh, cut produce and time in TCS foods, essentially um, suggesting that that all cut produce should be a TCS food until you know, proven that it's not, um, which Boy, that uh, did not go well, <laughs> did not go well, did not land well, but, but we, we, we caused this stir enough to create a, com a committee and committee. I will, yep. a, com a committee, which a committee is a good thing, but this is something that I, I, we, you know, you and I, we talk a lot on, on our, uh, um, on our public or our publication here, um, on our, uh, um, podcast, our website, our website. And, and sometimes, we we forget that our friends are super super smart friends that exist out there um have thought about some of these things mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. i there is a fantastic article um general interest paper by our friend jen mcintyre who was then vp food safety technology for uh, united fresh produce association um and now is i think she i think i know she the the these two organizations merged but now i think she's consulting um but she's she consulting might... yeah she, yeah she's yeah she's 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 con she's consulting for now and enjoying it very much and um, doing some work with me as well as some other friends of ours yeah um and so she wrote a paper on the 
time temperature control for produce safety, tension between science and regulations that um, mm. really highlights from a perspective that you and I were not coming from some of the issues mm -hmm. related mm -hmm. to the, even the current regulation. Um, and, and so uh, I think whatever that committee is formed, um, that it would be, it'd be really cool for that committee to look at this stuff that here's where like she, she basically collected model food code, sanitary transportation rule, listeria draft guidance, Canadian regulations, and said that there's not a lot of congruency, um, between, <laughs> between these regulations. That. Yeah. So, and, and, uh, you know, good manufacturing practices and preventive controls. And so keep us, keep this all in mind, right? Like the, the food right. code that we, you and I are interested in, um, for, for this is just one place where this all sits. Um, and, and, um, and like, that sometimes the food that ends up being regulated in the food code comes through these other regulatory channels. Um, and, and so all of a sudden something that was okay to be cut and held at 45 degrees, um, for, you know, seven days now because becomes something, um, because that's the refrigerated food temperature, uh, in the, in the good manufacturing pra practices and preventive controls. Um, now all of a sudden has to drop four degrees to be in a, in a, um, in a retail setting. And, and so anyway, I, I think that this, the, um, th this, it, she framed it in a really cool way that opened up my thoughts about this, that, that, that committee should be thinking of. It's a good paper, good hmm. gen general interest paper. Um, yeah, and uh, I, yeah, I, I, this is, I, I'm glad she wrote it, but I wish I had reviewed it because I think I could have made it better, right? Like, I mean, this is, <laughs> you would have reviewed this, seems to be, this seems is to be a recurring today. theme. Yeah. And I just, and just so you know, like, I mean, I might not be friends or even know all of the people whose papers we have critiqued today, but I do consider Jen a, a friend. Um, and I'm critiquing her just as much as, other folks so just i'm an equal opportunity offender or something yeah 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 um I think okay. that's a howard stern uh, tagline anyway that's right yeah yeah okay we're going as to, opposed going to, to uh, uh respected by both sides which is uh, john love straight shooter straight shooter <laughs> straight john love it uh which i learned in a recent episode that was based on uh, uh he, he was talking about jake tapper uh initially from right uh, right yeah, yeah. um so uh okay last last thing on my list that i want to talk about is uh, mm -hmm. uh up to the minute stuff that rolled in this morning because you know mm. you know i subscribe to the fda warning App letter oh oh that's not this is not from apple news then. no no this is not from apple news okay. but the, i also subscribe to that and and i'll tell you that like a crossfit person uh, and uh, <laughs> and then you'll send me a message that I can't open. Yeah, yeah, which is worse. Thanks, um, thanks for that. Uh, so FDA every week sends out an update to F weekly FDA warning letters. Mm. Um, two warning letters popped up because I'm really only concerned like about the um, you know things that are food and beverage. Um, yeah. and, and and I'm always looking for contamination or bad you know, an outbreak and we get some more details or bad inspections and people yeah, 43s, 43s, all that. But we didn't get those this time, Don. We got mm. something new. They're coming your way right now. Two of them. This is the first time I remember seeing these mm. um, uh, types of um, uh, warning letters. And I love them. Mm. 
Ooh. Uh, yeah. So I, um, I, I am, I am, uh, see, these are three, three letters, acronyms in some cases uh, yep. that I have never seen before. And I want to know more. The teaser is Koi CBD LLC. <laughs> BBD EEEE. Uh, yeah. Koi CBD LLC. Um, what Koi CBD LLC is making are Delta Koi. Eight. Yeah, Koi, Koi brand, Koi brand, okay, Delta okay. 8 gummies. Uh, so they these are the first two warning letters that I can remember reading that have to do with Delta 8 tetrahydrocannabinol. Cannabinol. 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 Yes, THC is uh, the, THC. the only thing that I've ever heard it called um, before. <clears throat> and this is an area like CBD, THC, um, uh, uh, I, I don't know if you got, you got people in your circle, um, that, uh, might, might live in a state where they can't get, um, the, the THC gummies. So they go for the simulated Delta eight THC gummies, right. which is what happens in my state. And I'll, I'll oh, say, I'm not going to out anybody, but I have a number of, of friends, um, who, uh, who I, I play hockey with and, and hang out with who will, will go to a, a CBD store and buy the, buy Delta eight or Delta nine or Delta 10 or whatever, uh, what all the best deltas. Um, and, and I've always wondered like, how are these, like, like, it seems like a little bit sketchy because is it yep. food? Is it regular? How is it regulated? The federal government doesn't want to really touch it um because it might you know might be illegal anyway these are the two first warning letters that i can remember seeing um you know like about these these issues being adulterated human foods or having issues uh so i'll, I'll just read from some of this mm -hmm. um so th this they the fda has determined that your products koi brand delta 8 gummies and hemp limit living brand pot rocks are adulterated uh, because they bear or contain an unsafe food additive. Okay. So okay. Um, the FDA has observed a proliferation of products containing uh, Delta eight THC. Uh, they've recently expressed serious concerns about these products. These products have not been evaluated or approved for FDA for safe use. Um, they've received uh, FDA has received adverse events reporting D Delta eight THC. Um, it has uh, psychoactive and intoxicating effects. FDA is concerned about the process used to create the concentrations claimed in the marketplace, and FDA is concerned about Delta eight THC products that may be consumed by children. Okay, so there's a lot of stuff going on here. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, there is no food additive regulation that authorizes the use of Delta eight THC. We're not aware of any information to indicate that Delta eight THC is the subject of prior sanction. We're not any, uh, aware of any basis to conclude that it's grass. Um, and so they, you know, I, I think this one is because they were probably say, yeah, it was right in the first sentence. They were selling these online. And so FDA now has jurisdiction, right? So a Delta <sighs> eight that ah, happens in my okay. state, right? Got it. Yeah, if you're if you're just making it, what what happens in your state stays in your stays state, in your state, unless yeah. it doesn't, unless yeah. it goes too far west. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then the barbecue doesn't taste right. And then the barbecue doesn't taste right. So so here's one. So they said, hey, you sell all your all your Delta Eights gummies and your pot rocks all you want, but you start selling them on the internet, FDA is going to take yep. notice of this. Yep. So that yep. that's the first one. 
Second one, and, and I and I do. Sorry, so just one. I before you get to the second one, um, I did I did uh, find a, a page uh, called Five Things to Know About Delta eighty eight. Uh, sorry, Delta eight. Delta, Delta eighty eight. That's a car, I think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> used to drive a Delta eighty eight. Oh, that's um, great. Uh, Delta eight tetrahydrocannabinol, um, Delta eight THC. Um, so five things you should know. The first thing that you should know is, uh, there's a big picture at the top that says Delta eight THC has serious health risks. Um, and there's a picture of some gummies, some, uh, brownies, some other things, some looks like some weed. Um, uh, and, and again, uh, so FDA has some comments, but what I really want to know is how risky is Delta eight THC versus thc now i know thc is illegal in some states right and it's not legal at a federal level but i'm really i'm just wondering i mean i fda can be concerned about whatever they want and i i i've i mean that i'm fine with this if, i mean i i mean i think if weed should be legal is my personal opinion here it's legal in some states but not in others but i'm wondering because of be, being legal in some states and not others is pushing people to use de Delta eight THC, which is sort of a loophole. Right. And so what I'm wondering is, is but fundamentally is Delta eight THC riskier or not risky, or do we not know <laughs> relative to regular old THC? Right, 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 right. right. That's what well, I want to know. And I mean, cause and, here's the thing, Ben, if you, if you eat a weed gummy, um, you may have psychoactive effects because that's why you're eating a weed gummy, right? And right. so if you're eating a Delta eight gummy, okay, that's why you're eating it. And I understand, again, I understand why FDA feels the need to regulate this, but I'm just, I, I, I mean, I, I'm, I just have, I have more big picture questions here. Right, you know? right, right. Well, and, and the, uh, I'll, uh, give you my, my sense of, of FDA's approach here, right? They are mm -hmm. not looking at it as. They're looking at the gummy as a food and the and the delta mm -hmm. eight as, sure. a, as a food additive. A contaminant. Right? Yeah. A contam oh, yeah. yeah. Right. Exactly. And, yep. and yep. so, yep. so or, they're like yeah, or an additive. Yep. Or an additive. Yep. So we know how to we yep. know how to handle this, yep. right? Yep. Well, yep. Exactly. additives yep. have to be approved. Yep. Um additives, you know, if they're to be safe, they have to be effective. Risk. Yep. Exactly. All, of that. all yep. those all yep. those things. Yep. So they're yep. like, well, we yep. are we know how to handle this. But I agree. You like I think they're looking at it in a different way. Which is the gummy is just the substrate to get the the delta eight THC, right? Like right. it's not a it's not a food additive. It's it's the it, it's the vehicle. Um, yeah, and the gummies are not risky, except that they have this thing which is an unapproved food additive, right? Right. I mean, right. the gummies are safe. It's the delta eight that's not, according to yeah. FDA. And it's a, and right? it's a, like, I mean, yeah, right, right, right. And it's kind of like, I guess, FDA's point, And I, and I see this, it's like, if, if you took, um, like Oxycontin and put it into a gummy, right. It's not that, the, well, the, the Oxycontin has issues, but it's, it's an, it's an approved drug. Right. And we know right, the safety right. aspects used like this. Um, but it's when you take it out of the medical drug world and because it's illegal, they don't have a way to handle Delta THC or, or whatever. Um, but it's only, they can only get involved if you've got online sales and, or you're selling it across state lines. Um, so, so, so here, here's a webpage, which, which has some information and I, I don't vouch for this website, but I do agree with the statement. And this is from goodrx.com Cause I did a search for Delta eight THC versus THC risk. And the bottom line, it literally says the bottom line on this website that I just found out about today. 
um, which again, I don't vouch for the statement, but I, I think it's probably the sentiment is right on target. The Delta-8 molecule itself is likely no more dangerous than regular Delta-9 THC. However, the way Delta-8 products are manufactured leaves a lot of room for error and accidental poisoning. And that actually makes a lot of sense to me, right? Yep. And this is why this stuff needs to be regulated because it's, yes, if you if you go to a store in New Jersey and you buy weed gummies that contain plain old ordinary Delta 9 THC, at least that is occurring under the the regulatory jurisdiction of somebody in New Jersey who is hopefully making sure that the Delta 9 THC is what it's supposed to be and it's you know, as safe as it can be for an, a substance which you're taking for, for psychoactive effects. Yeah, right, right, right. And it's um, so, yeah, I mean, I've got some anyway. Uh, yeah, I got some concerns as well. Uh, we'll link to uh, FDA's uh, five things to know about Delta 8. Um, and, and it's essentially the five things that are listed in both of these warning letters. Um, right. That there are right. adverse events that people get confused that it looks like a gummy, but it could end, you know, could end up in the hands of a kid, all that. But well, now, the, yeah, and then for sure that's, that's different. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. okay. So the second one that I sent you from Northland Vapor Company LLC. Yep. Um, I think this one's really interesting because they um, uh, FDA conducted an inspection of Wonky Confections LLC facility, which manufactures ready human food products containing Delta-8 THC, okay? And this is in Minnesota. Um, what what kind of stuff do they have? They got death by gummy bears and they got wonky weeds, which are great, like it, great job by the, you know, the Delta-8 and the weed manufacturers on having hilarious names. Um, so- I don't know, death by gummy bears, that's, uh, that's only funny until someone dies. <laughs> true, true. Um, so according to your product labeling, <laughs> Death by gummy bears and wonky weeds, uh, bear uh, products, uh, uh, gummy bear products are foods which Delta 8 has been added. In addition, FDA confirmed through laboratory analysis that samples did contain the Delta 8. So it's there. And they go through this as a food additive. They require pre-market approval. There's no re food regulation. But um, there was some really interesting stuff in this one related to misbranded food. Because they had some they had some soy in um, uh, some of their some of their foods, and it was not labeled. And this is like again FDA getting doing what FDA does and getting up in in FDA stuff. Um, they you know th th this did not it didn't say that there was soy in it or milk, which means someone could get sick from that. Um, uh, uh, you know, I issue. Um, right. And it, if and they're allergic, if they're allergic. Right. And, and, but right. this is, so how did they find this FDA's inspection found during the manufacturing of your gummy products, you use Pam spray as a releasing agent, which contains Ooh. the allergen soy. You're, um, so I think that that like, so, so almost like, you know, uh, um, uh, Al Capone went to jail for tax evasion, right? The Delta eight folks are going to get in trouble for misbranding for allergens, not so much that they're selling, you know, Delta nine. Um, and I can't, this one, I couldn't figure out whether they got like, I, I think they just inspected them because they had, because they were making ready to eat foods, but not because they were shipping any of this stuff interstate. So even though, Interesting. yeah. Um, cause the, most of the stuff in here is about like, 
you've got you you didn't um you know cleaning and sanitizing wasn't good yeah yeah um you know the misbranding you didn't clean food contact surfaces in a manner that protects against yeah. allergen cross contact yeah Pre so prepared packed or held under insanitary conditions where they may have been contaminated with filth or they may have been rendered injurious to health yeah yeah exactly. so they're going they're going out in a totally different direction but i but so again being a avid reader of this this is the first time i remember seeing foods and i could be wrong there might be others in here but so first one that hit my radar of like food companies that are making delta eight getting warning letters um through our you know so that so fda has probably been in, in these places and are aware but this is the these are the first ones that i've seen um that that are in this in, you're doing this stuff which i think is really interesting um i think that's a show for for me unless there's other stuff you want to talk about Can you, can you hear me now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't know what Zoom. that was. was so Weird. Zoom, Zoom problem. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was perfect because I was like wrapping up and I was like, okay, okay, bye. And then you never said mm -hmm. bye. So we'll just end it that way. Um, okay. But this is the after show. <laughs> you Welcome to the after show. Okay. <laughs> uh, so we, uh, okay. Um, sh unless there was anything else you wanted to talk about. No, no, no. That was that. Oh, you know, I did. There was something that was really nice that I did want to share. Um, and that is um, uh, listener feedback just really quick. And this can be in the after show. Um, uh, dear Professor Ben and Professor Don, since episode 40 something, I'm a longtime listener. I met you both at IAAFP in Milwaukee in 2011. I met Dr. Don at the student luncheon buffet line while Dr. Ben at luncheon with my PhD advisor, Mansell Griffiths. I was a graduate student then. Uh, please, uh, please call me Deep Bangkok because I don't think you have any <laughs> listeners right now in Bangkok, Thailand. We got one. Um, anyway, I'm, he's a, a listener writes, I'm always uh, four to five episodes behind. Uh, right now I'm about 20 episodes behind. So I, sorry, this is not timely. 
Uh, they, they also confess that they couldn't keep up with risky or not. It's just a lot among other things. Yeah, but it's short. So you could just listen to the short one. But uh, anyway, uh, they did want to share with us that there's been a norovirus outlet outbreak in fuck it. Um, which I think is how you say that. You say P- that? Is that I think it's, it? I think it's Phuket, Phuket, Phuket. <laughs> okay. This is one right. where I pronounce it keep, correctly. I'm, I'm going to keep saying fuck it. Yeah. Uh, P-H-U-K-E-T. Uh, 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 fuck it's diarrheal outbreak wanes. Cause <laughs> still unknown um, from the Bangkok Post, um, which uh, I will, when the article huh. uh, loads, I will put it in the text for you so you can see it. Uh, but I just want to say I want to say thanks to uh, listener Deep Bangkok for um, uh, emailing us from uh, Thailand. Uh, I I love uh, I I love your food, <laughs> um, and I I have visited I have visited Bangkok and it's a wonderful city. I would love to get back someday. Uh, yeah, I've never been to uh, uh, Phuket. Um, that's like uh, that's like uh, that lady uh, keeping up appearances. Hyacinth Hyacinth Bouquet. Uh, but her name is actually Bucket. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. My mom watches that show. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, and there's like 600 people, um, 659 illnesses in this outbreak. Huh. That's a big one. Well, good. Thanks, thanks, Deep, Deep Bangkok. Love your food too. Um. Yeah. Good stuff. Um. And we met like really nice. We we got to see some people, but I had really great interactions at IFP this year with with lots more listeners than normal for some reason. Like like I yeah, oh, nice. I met, met way more people who were like you you don't know me, but I listen. And here's here's where oh, nice and how. So that was I think that was really cool. Um, okay, so I have uh, I'm I'm out from oh, that's got to go longer. Why would I do that? I'd, I'd scheduled, like, I'd block out my calendar, but not for mm. the right amount of time. Uh, mm. Or maybe I'd change it. Okay. So, so well, I'm. Sometimes I block out the wrong day, which is yeah. worse. So, so what if I did this? So I've got mm. one that's ready to post the uh, IFNs one. Okay. Yep. So if I did that today. Yep. Then next week I'll drop the IAFP one. Yep. Then the week after we'll do this one. So it'll go out okay. the week of the seventh. Yeah. And then I'm back because I'm okay. away until the 13th. So we're yep. really looking at three weeks. So like, okay. yeah, what what does your um, Wednesday, August 16th look like? Uh, not good. I will be okay. in Akron, Ohio for oh, Gojo. Oh, oh, say hi to the Gojos. I will. Um, what when do you when do you leave when you come back? Uh, I'm I'm back the next day. I could do any time the next day. Um, but I, can, I fly. The morning. I fly on the 14th. So yep. let's do the morning of the 17th. Okay. Um, and weekly progress. Could we do? Could we do nine till eleven again, or sure. eight thirty till yeah. ten? Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's, yeah. Not nine to eleven, uh, or 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 other yeah. is fine. Let's do. Let's do uh, nine to eleven. You got it. Perfect. Um. Awesome. Yeah, that's the week that we're back, but not really back. Like classes yeah. don't start until the week after that for us. Um, but uh, and but Danny's got like because she, she I, I told you she's like teaching right, so she's got yeah. no teacher work. Yeah. She has to go in. So and, like not just substitute or she no. she's permanent substitute. Yeah, or she's no, she permanent, got a permanent permanent. permanent. She's teaching uh, social studies. Nice. Yeah. 
So uh, anyway, she know she's any got of that stuff. She's Canadian, right? If she had to, she, she knows Canadian <laughs> social social things. I don't she think could... the, 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 I don't think they want the kids learning that stuff, that communist stuff. Yeah, she, she could, and she knows about the uh, Canadian geography. She can tell you about the Canadian Shield Geogra- geography and the, yeah. and the prairies. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So anyway, she's she's got to go in that day. Okay. Um. But I and I've got to get you can. This perfect. Kids. I got to get Jack yeah. to orientation. He has high school orientation that day, but it's in the afternoon. Mm. So okay, we're, cool. it's perfect. Um, okay, cool. All um, right. And then uh, we got a risky or not. Yep. We got Friday. Coming up Friday. We got a whole yeah, bunch of fun. And we'll, just, we'll have to get, we'll have to do is, yeah, we'll have to do our best with that one. So yeah, we got, we'll do we got a bunch. three. We got this week is set and we'll just need to make sure that we do enough to get us through the, or we can just go on hiatus for, we can take a week vacation. Well, it's fine. Yeah, but I actually think we're going to be fine because if we get six okay. done, that'll get me back. Okay, like, cool. Yeah, um, and then we can look at even if if we got seven, we're in we're gold. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right, cool. Um, I'll talk to you. Uh, I'll talk to you later. Feels good. Bye. Bye.